0: Hello, and welcome to Talk Product. My name is Casey, and the show is all about talking about digital product design, tech, life, on this episode, art, and uh, game design, which is going to be awesome, and uh, how to possibly get into the industry. So today, I'm talking with my friend, uh, Lauren Moon. Hey, Lauren. Hey, Casey. Hey, man. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Um, We can just start by just telling me a little bit about yourself, like who you are and kind of what you do.
1: Right on, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, anyone listening to this might know me as Bath Thief. I've been Bath Thief on the internet for quite a while now. Um, I'm a game designer and pixel artist uh, by night. I've made uh, the game Don't Eat Poison, which is like a like a game for Android and iOS. And by day, I've, I've been in the Navy for eight years. I'm an instructor for the Navy now, and I'm working on a uh, a course to like teach people C Sharp. And, like, take all that stuff I learned about adult learning in the Navy and and bring it to the internet, bring it to everybody else.
0: That's cool, man. It's crazy that you've been in the Navy that long. It feels like (laughs) it wasn't that long ago that you and I took that picture together. I think when you were, like, being shipped off. Yeah. Remember that?
1: Yeah, dude. It's been eight years. And
0: yeah,
1: it's been wild.
0: I look at that photo and, like, I almost judge time based on how many tattoos I don't have. (laughs)
1: i'm jealous I we got two
0: so i'm curious lauren what does bath thief mean
1: so it's kind of like an inside joke i was I was trying to figure out a name that i could be like on the internet as like my artist name and uh my dog would jump into my bathtub every time i would draw a bath and i was like man you're just a stupid <laughs> bath thief and then that was it so my 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 icon is literally my dog that I pixelated and I put a stupid little bandit mask on him, And, and uh, that's the whole thing, man. I need a little bath tape.
0: (laughs) It's been cool seeing all the things you've been making on Twitter. Like, um, like you mentioned your game, don't eat poison. You gave me sort of like an alpha before you launched it and I got to play with it. And uh, it's, it's really cool to see, see you actually launch stuff. A lot of people talk about making games, but not a lot of people launch it. So I'm curious, how did you get interested in that? And how did you get started?
1: So I, you know, one of the things like people, I I guess, especially like our age group is like, when you grow up, you can be anything. And like anything is like too big of a spectrum. Like there's like too many things. So like, I never knew what I wanted to do. And like, I was on, on my first deployment and we were like trying to figure something I was getting real heavy into like drawing art. And this guy and I would like just make up video game ideas and we'd write them down. And and when I got back from deployment, I found out about Unity and Game Maker and a few other things. And I actually started with Game Maker and would just like build these like stupid little games that like didn't really it was just like to learn to learn how to do stuff. And then someone on the internet posted something um, about like, once you do something once, like, you can define yourself as that thing, so like, I made a crappy game, and now I'm like, oh, now I now I'm a game designer, and like, that, like, fixed my brain to where I'm like, wait, I can just make games so, that's what I did I I, I talked to my brother, and got into Unity, and he helped me, like, learn some stuff, I took some like, unofficial classes online, like uh lazy devs has a great thing uh brackies which he just closed his channel i watch all his videos code monkey infallible code all those guys i just kept watching the videos and kept trying to hone what i could do and then i bought a mac i bought an ipad bought an iphone bought everything i could put it on the store and I mean, that's it's my passion now.
0: <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. It's so inspiring. It's cool that in this day and age you can just decide to do that. Like you don't need a uni, you don't need to necessarily be enrolled anywhere to learn those skills anymore.
1: No, like um EDX, uh I mean EDX.org, it's like this free like college website. MIT and Harvard put out college level like they put out their lectures for their classes. So I took it's called cs50 i took cs50 and it's a harvard level class i took it for free i mean mean, like it's amazing like the internet's amazing
0: i had to write that down edx.org because i'm gonna look that up after this
1: oh it's amazing yeah
0: yeah that's sort of how i kind of dabbled into fine art too i mean since i went to college for computer science and i didn't even complete that like as soon as I started making money in college, I got out. <laughs> I didn't even complete yeah. it because <laughs> I got too busy to even finish school. Um, like when I decided that I was interested in into fine art, I started taking online courses and I saw that there was a um a private art college in Pasadena called the Concept Design Academy, where you can just show up. Like obviously you pay money, but you just kind of show up. You pick a class that you're interested in. So I picked like painting scenery and painting like outside that that sort of deal and then Mm -hmm. taking life drawing classes and um you know i just showed up whenever and painted with the other students and some of the other students are like oh yeah i'm you know i'm i work at blizzard and i'm learning how to make more natural shadows (laughs) and another person's like yeah i work at unisoft and i'm doing this and they look at me like oh hey man what's your name where do you work i'm like i'm casey i I do computer science (laughs) <laughs> what the hell are you cool, doing man. here? That's I'm cool. like I don't know, <laughs> but I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what it's about. It's just like finding finding the passion and like for me, it's been a heck of a journey, man. I I didn't I floundered for so long. Like I'm, <laughs> I mean we're both we're both in our 30s now, and I'm finally like figuring out what I want to do with my life. <laughs>
0: Man, time goes fast. I'm gonna be thirty-four this year. And yeah. just thinking about it, like I feel like just yesterday I was twenty seven. Like yeah. I don't feel like six years have gone by. Yeah, you're two sixteen year olds. More than two sixteen year olds. Say it like that. That's awful. <laughs> Were there any games that that influenced you for the ones that you've created so far? So for for don't
1: eat poison, the one that that's actually out already, like the biggest influence for me, like the style wise, was Super Nintendo games, like Yoshi Story and like the classic Mario games, just that nice, colorful, bold, awesome stuff. And then the gameplay itself, I wanted to make a game that was that was literally just a toilet game, like something that you could just kill time on, and like basically have scores against your friends so like games like like space invaders or pac-man or donkey kong where like you don't beat the game like you never beat the game you're just trying to get points so like that's all it was like how many points can you get and like that's what donate poison was based on and then uh my game uh peasants in a dungeon I, i made that for a class but that was based on like Hitchhiker's Guide to Like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy had a text-based adventure where you'd like type what you do. So I wanted something like that. I added the towel, like don't forget to bring a towel and don't panic and like hitchhiker stuff and that. And then uh, Boulder Mage, which is the the big project I'm working on right now, which is like I thought it was gonna be a small project, but it's turning into like my Magnum opus, you know? <laughs> and it's it's based on an old. Turbo graphics game, which I don't know even how many people know what a turbo graphics is. It was like this console with like credit cards that you put into it and then you could play games. And it had this game called Parasol Stars, which was a sequel to another game called Rainbow Islands, which was a split-off from Bubble Bobble. So it's like real obscure. But the whole point of the game was like you had this umbrella you could like control water and kill enemies like with the water. So it's what I wanted to do with Boulder Mage is like have this game with a story that wasn't just an arcade game where you have to like control water and kill enemies and like learn from it. And then newer games like Celeste and, and Stardew Valley and Hollow Knight and like newer indie games that take like these old school controls and old school ideas and like bring them to the new world where like, Yeah, it might look old. It might be where it looks like it was made 20 years ago, but it feels like a game that was made now. Like that's that's what I want. I've I've spent countless hours on Boulder Mage, like getting the controls where like it feels really good before like building levels or anything else.
0: Yeah, because at the end of the day, like fun is fun, right? Like it doesn't matter the style. If it's fun, people are gonna play it.
1: Yeah, that's all. That's all I care about. I want. I want my games to be fun, and like I don't need to. i like I don't care about being rich off my games. I want people to just be like, "Hey, man, I saw your game. I played it, and it was awesome." Like that's all I care about.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, and that's like all the motivation you need. It's funny. I got Red Dead Redemption Two, and it's got all this realism in it. Incredible realism. Like you have to take care of your horse. You have to brush your horse. It's very like in depth, but after an hour i wasn't really having fun i was getting anxious like the game caused anxiety because there was so much detail and so much to do that i just stopped having fun and that's just from from my perspective i'm sure a lot of people had fun playing that game but it's just kind of like a reminder it's it's, it's so long as a game is fun people are going to enjoy it and play it and share it and you know
1: yeah, I mean, Red Dead was, like, every once in a while it was, like, a 20-minute horse-riding simulator where you're just,
0: like... You're like,
1: well, I'm just on a horse riding around, like... Yeah, it, was, it it was... That game had its moments, but a lot of it, everything was so spread out that you kind of didn't have fun. Yeah, I know what
0: you mean. <gasps> so, like, what were your favorite games from childhood?
1: Um... My god i've got so many games so we already talked about parasol stars have you heard of dynamite heady no i haven't (laughs) it's this really obscure like sega genesis game where you're like this stupid like i it's kind of like rayman but it's just your head that's detached and you can like shoot your head in different directions to attack enemies (laughs) and it would have like these weird sound effects like there was this like naked fairy thing that would run and tell you like where the boss's weak points were and it would just go target like it was just so weird and i love that like just weird like it felt like this weird like stage show and it was like the sega genesis game you know and then um rocket knight adventures which you're just like a like a possum with a jetpack. like how cool is that Like, this idea of, like, just taking, like, a weird... Like, you're going to be a possum, and you fight pigs, and you have a jetpack Like, let's rock and roll, make a whole game. Like, that game was great. Um, Some other big ones, like, everyone... Now, Earthbound is a cult classic, and, like, when I was a kid, I got the whole thing for 10 bucks at a Best Buy on the clearance shelf because no one was buying it. Um, I loved Earthbound. Like, I was obsessed with that game when I was little. Um... And then as, like, time went on, like, Metal Gear Solid and the Zelda series, and I think what brought you and me together was Final Fantasy VIII, and that one's still near and dear to my heart for sure. Like, all those yeah. games, like, I take a piece of them with me for every project that I've worked on where I, I get inspired by, oh, I remember, like, the, the playing cards in Final Fantasy, right? I want something in Boulder Mage where, like, it's just like a weird thing you just do and it doesn't matter for the story it's kind of fun and you do it
0: you know it's funny even though it's been so long i remember the card game triple triad oh yeah
1: yeah and then muse made that song and it sounded just like the triple triad theme song and now i can't listen to that, that song anymore
0: i didn't know that muse made a triple triad song
1: yeah it was uh it was on the out guy i I was like, it's on their new album but it's been forever now It was probably like 10 years ago they made a song that, that like starts out and it sounds just like the triple triad song i'll, I'll have to send it to you later
0: and it's funny too because final fantasy 8 it's very much like a romantic story and you me and cameron would like get together and talk about the storyline while other kids are playing call of duty or whatever like shoot 'em up games we're talking about the love triangle between <laughs> like quistis <laughs> and squall <laughs> and renoa and how that's going to play out and like talking about it's just it's just so funny like the way that worked out
1: yeah i mean i think we all found out that we bought that game separately before we met and then we all got obsessed with it at the same time
0: yeah Yeah, I remember too when when we were younger you were even making video games then except it was a flash games
1: yeah flash based stuff and I I never thought of it being like a career I was just goofing around making stupid games and stupid animations and
0: like you were good at uh, it though I remember kids (laughs) you were like really really good at it and we were super young too but I have vivid memory of, of what those games look like like I would come over to your house be like hey Casey check this out and look, I'd look at your computer I'm like holy shit like what is this <laughs> and it was like I think you used that Rhino 3D software for something and then you put together some flash game and I my memory's a little foggy because that was so long ago but I remember like yeah. being blown away I was like what is this kid doing after school <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah if only i knew i could hone that into a job back then It would have been good
0: yeah man um so what else have you learned so far from game development my dog is she's like she wants to play right now <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah i mean game dev is, is wild
1: because um one of the things i heard early on and i didn't really understand it till i took a break like break from coding you know is When you're a solo dev, a solo dev is still two game developers, right? The person writing the code and then the person weeks later, like rereading that code, you know what I mean? So I've, I've written stuff and then gone back to it weeks later and been like, what was I thinking? Like, I don't even know what this meant three weeks ago. So that's been a big thing is like making sure I document things properly and like, like really paying attention to what I'm doing because future me is not gonna get it you know and I think I think one one other big thing is I need to figure out and it's it's obviously hard to do during COVID right now but I like I wish I could work with a team because I don't know what it's like to work on a team and coding by myself it's such a big task like there's so much that goes into game development that like you never think about from from animating sprites to figuring out health to figuring out physics to to game launches like when when i finished don't eat poison i was like all right i'm ready for it to go in the app store and then the app store's like well we need a description and we need screenshots and we need icons and this and that and the other i'm like man i thought i was done (laughs) i thought this this project was ready to wrap up and there's still hours and hours of work and it'd be nice to work on a team where i can just focus on one thing you know
0: it's impressive to see how much you've been able to make with all your games with the coding and your art like your art looks amazing your pixel art seeing all those like animations and stuff like it's so cool i'm curious what does your process look like for creating pixel art
1: uh so for making art a lot of times um I have like a a million sketchbooks so I'll sketch something out uh, in in regular regular drawing art right and then I'll figure out what what details I need to keep and what details I need to lose because obviously in pixel art you're dealing with only hundreds of pixels rather than what you're dealing with in regular art you know um so what I like to do is I keep my I found my style where I like two pixel high eyeballs, right? So that's pretty much where I start. If if I can make a character whose eyeballs are two pixels high and it looks good, that's where I go from, um, which usually ends up in like a 32 by 32 square. And then I shrink it as needed. Um, I think Boulder Mage himself fits in a 32 by 32 and it looks pretty good. Um, and then. I just kind of, I just kind of wing it after that. I look at what I drew either on my iPad or my sketchbook. I kind of sketch it out. I have default colors that I like, and then I'll tweak them as needed. Uh, there's a bunch of really good pixel art tutorials out there. Uh, Peter Milko, he's got a bunch of great tutorials. Uh, Mort Mort, he put out pixel art tutorials a couple years ago. He's moved on to 3D stuff now but like those teach you a lot of these fundamentals of like, and is my pixel art going to be top down? Is it going to be face on? Is it going to be um, like three quarter turned? And that changes everything that you have to do. And if you're going to build a game like that, it has to change your whole entire game of, of how you're going to design all your art. So
0: yeah. Do you actually like art? go pixel by pixel or is there like some sort of generator that pixelizes your drawings?
1: Yeah. Um, so Acebrite is a great, great piece of software developed by David Capello, who I've talked to a little bit online, and he's super cool. Like I'll be like, hey David, I'm like, I'm stuck on this thing. And he'll actually like reply to me. It's wild. I feel like I'm talking to like a celebrity. But um, but no, I'll hop on Acebrite. Acebrite does um, it has basic tools like squares and and uh, boxes and things like that. But a lot of times you'll kind of make a rough shape and then literally pixel by pixel tweak it till till it looks good that's cool uh,
0: it sounds like time consuming it is it is and um
1: a, a lot of i wouldn't say a lot but you you'll see some people think it's oh that's easy that's pixel art or whatever and to an extent like Yeah, sometimes something I'm making pixel art is easier. And then sometimes it's way easier to just sketch something out by hand. Um, But I've noticed some of the games that have gotten big lately have been pixel art based and there's like more of an appreciation for it. So I'm glad like my nostalgia factor ties into like what people actually like now.
0: Yeah, totally. Like I've tried to do pixel art before in the past, just like when I was dabbling in design, but way back in the day and not sure what I wanted to do, I started playing with pixel art and trying to make my own game. And I just gave up. Like I was so frustrated. (laughs) I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out how to make consistent pixel art and, and all that. And I was just like, so frustrated. I was like, all right, I'm gonna go back to web design. Forget this. I mean, if,
1: if you look at like my old stuff, Uh, boulder mage has gone through like five big big iterations where i had developed this whole like animation sequence where i took i took a 3d rock and then i scaled it down to like 32 pixels and then i spun it in 3d and like rendered it and then redrew all the shadows and then i made it so that all the pixels they would never turn but i would animate it in 3d and then it was just like this nightmare and it looked kind of cool, but then it wasn't like crisp and clean enough. So then I changed it and then I changed it again. And I changed it again. I changed it again. So there is a lot of, um, cause you're only dealing with, you're dealing with like this tiny, tiny palette and this tiny, tiny like canvas, like refining stuff takes a long time. I would say it took me like two years before I think I found my style. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It's it's kind of funny too like seeing all the weird NFT art coming out where people are just literally taking generic 3D assets that you can find in any 3D library, slapping a rainbow on top of it and then selling it for $200,000. I was like, what the hell? Ugh,
1: that's what that's is crazy. going crazy on. Uh some of the people I follow on Twitter like they've had their pixel art stolen and like turned into NFTs and I'm like, man,
0: like, uh, it's such Blade a weird... is a huge problem right now. Yeah, it's such a weird...
1: Like, I, I've i been dabbling in, like, cryptocurrencies and stuff for a while now, and if anything, I've lost more money than anything else. <laughs> but, like, seeing the nifty thing, it's so cool, and then, like, it's, so, it's such a divisive, like, art form, I guess. It's like... Finally, artists are getting paid for what they make. And then people are like, well, it's, it's killing the earth. And you're like, well, is it? Like, I don't know, man."
0: It's such a <laughs> wild area of the internet. I'm, I'm conflicted about it, too, because I see the blatant plagiarism and I see how people are taking advantage and just taking other people's assets and then selling it as their own. And then there's that whole argument of, well, are they really selling the assets or are they just selling a hash? And then there's also the argument of like, okay, now that someone else owns it, like what's the legality behind that now? Now that they quote unquote own it, it's such a dark area. And it's such a new thing. And it's so novel that it's like a modern day gold rush. It feels like it's weird.
1: Yeah, it's bizarre. I've been trying to think of like, like a funny like other acronym to like make stuff with i'm thinking of like pfts like so you'd be like <laughs> you know and it would be like a physical like like excuse my french like a physical fucking token right and then like, <laughs> i just like i take my artwork i burn it into a piece of wood and then i mail it to you and then you have it like then you have a thing I, like i say something like that but i don't know like it's it feels like a get rich quick scheme and I've been burned by crypto before. So I'm like always hesitant, but I've seen your trading cards and your trading cards look super cool,
0: man. Thanks. Yeah. I decided to just jump on it because I've missed the boat on so many weird things throughout my career. Like I feel like I missed the boat on Bitcoin and back in 2012, 2013. And I think Laura was myth was with me. We used to go to this thing called collect, where a mm-hmm. bunch of techie people and artists would come together and just talk about things that are up and coming. And Ryan, his last name escapes me. He's a really great guy, and I feel terrible. I'll, I'll put his I'll put his, his description <laughs> in the show notes. <laughs> I feel awful. Sorry, Ryan, but he he was talking about Bitcoin way back in the day. he's like guys this is the next big thing like you got to buy into bitcoin he's like i don't ever want to work for anyone ever again and i'm tired of having clients and you should join me and we're all like (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i i mined bitcoin like
1: like 2012 2013 i mined them there was a hard drive that i'm sure had a couple hundred bitcoin on it oh no And, and And crashed and whatever. And I threw the hard drive away. And like, it was never a thing. Because back then, Bitcoin was, it wasn't even like a dime a Bitcoin. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, oh, well, oh, well, I lost a hundred bucks. Turns out I lost my whole retirement and everything (laughs) else.
0: Yeah. like, you know, we were like, whatever. And I didn't know how to figure out wallets or anything. Because this was way early on. And come to find out, Ryan hits me back up eight years later and he's like hey we're building our own coin and at this point like ryan he's like a multi-millionaire um he owns a couple of businesses now and i helped him build a auction house for his own coin it's called metronome and i think it's worth two bucks a coin now it's an ethereum base but dude is just banking like we went to dinner (laughs) and it was like in this really nice restaurant uh looked like an italian villa on top of a hill and i come driving up in my Beat ass Toyota like it's got like <laughs> rust stains on it <laughs> And like someone came and took my car and like parked it like a chauffeur I was like oh I should have dressed up this is awful <laughs> it's just weird it's funny how life works like I just look at it that way like it's all funny and it's all weird and money isn't real and it's just a wild ride and you know <laughs> it's bizarre
1: yeah I, I mean I got I got scammed in that Bitcoin connect thing in 2018. I don't know if you heard about that. No, I,
0: didn't. I lost
1: like, I lost like two grand. This company was like running this algorithm. And then one day they were just like, Hey, tricked," And they took everyone's Bitcoin. Um, and then last fall, I had, for some reason I had like a few extra bucks and I was like, I'm going to start putting money in Dogecoin. And I was buying Dogecoin at like a third of a coin. And for fun all day, I would, I'd wait for it to go up to like just under 0. 0.4 coins and I'd sell a bunch and then it would drop down to like 0. 0.28 coins and I'd buy a bunch. And I'd do that and I'd be like, hey, I made 10,000 coins today. Isn't that stupid? And then I had $2,000 worth of coins one day. So like, I'm buying me a new computer. Like I'm gonna buy a computer and I'm gonna focus my business and it's gonna be good. And then two weeks later, that two thousand dollars was twenty thousand dollars, and like I was like, "What is happening?" <laughs> so, crypto, crypto scares me, man. It's so volatile.
0: I don't feel bad if you come out and you've made money. Then you've made money. Yeah, You can't, yeah. You can't look back and think, "What if?" Because then you're just going to go nuts. Like that's oh, yeah. just the nature of investing. Like, and I, I say investing, like I know what I'm talking about. Like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but oh, if you've like made when money. I bought-
1: yeah, if you've when made money, I bought money. GameStop at $16 and I got scared and I sold it at $14. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did that last <laughs> fall too.
0: <laughs> that whole thing, I was laughing so hard about the GameStop thing. I'm like, really? GameStop? This is what's either making these nerds into multi millionaires or destroying the lives of like, um, legit investors who've been in the game for decades and their 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 lives are being basically destroyed by GameStop.
1: Dude, power to the players, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: power to the players. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's so good. And like the, the last memory I had of GameStop I think is when I bought Final Fantasy 7 like for my PlayStation 1. And that's like the last memory I have of GameStop and now it's like destroying lives and breaking yeah. up families. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah, that's why it's 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 tough picking what to invest in. Like it's 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 a weird it's a weird thing. Like and I and like I mentioned before, like I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Like I've dabbled with investing in the past before and you know, I feel like I've gotten lucky a couple of times and, you know, it's it's like you kind of have to pick a strategy, I think, and then just run with it. Yeah. Like, I've kind of switched up my strategy now where every paycheck I put in maybe 50 bucks, sometimes 100 bucks if I get a good paycheck uh, into an investment account. And then after a couple of months, I'll go, OK, now that I've got a couple hundred bucks saved up in that investment account, what should I put it in? And we've been investing in like, I've been investing in person uh, privatized spaceflight. So any companies that are like wow. that are building components or um, investing in privatized space. Like I think I think uh, Virgin they're doing they're doing a thing where they're where they're investing in privatized space. So I'm like betting on the chance that by the time I'm 60 or 70, there's gonna be a Star Trek situation. <laughs> <laughs> and like yeah, something where you can go die on mars yeah i'm just gonna yeah. cash in on on all that stupid space stock that i acquired in, in my 30s and then just die rich i don't know but yeah i don't know it's it's weird like nobody <laughs> knows anything
1: no no one like no one saw the GameStop thing coming no one saw <laughs> tesla coming no one saw like <laughs> no one saw most things coming so like you just gotta kind of wing it and hope for the best
0: as long as you're not getting bankrupt, then you're fine. As long as you're not betting the farm, who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean scared money don't make money, so.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are your biggest goals for your games? Like I know that you said that you want people to just say, "Oh, this is really cool. Who made this?" Oh, awesome. Lauren and and you're going to have like your own company, but do you have any like other goals?
1: uh i'm my main thing is this is something i could do for the rest of my life as as long as it 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 pays the bills or whatever like that's it like that's all i really care i want people to have fun with it and i want to be able to like be like that's all i do i'm a guy that makes video games and i i really hope i really hope it goes that way um i'm set up to uh to finish college after my enlistment and then hopefully boulder mage boulder mage's kickstarter does well i plan on launching that next summer and that's it i want people to be like man that game is fun and i was like thanks and now i can live (laughs) like that's it (laughs) I, i don't have crazy dreams
0: that's cool, though. That's basically living the dream. Like a lot of people wish that they could do that. a lot of people wish that they could just pay their basic utilities and mortgages on their passion. And not a lot of people get to say that they can do that. And if you can reach that goal, that, that's basically the pinnacle of, of one's per, like one's life. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be getting rich off of it. But if you can just make money doing what you love, like what's better than that?
1: Yeah, and, and I've seen people, like, uh, I became friends with a guy on Instagram, his name is Jordan, and he was asking about his UI, like, his he didn't like how his health bars looked, and I helped him out, and then we talked for a while, and he talked about his game, and then I kind of, like, lost touch with him a while, then he asked me some Unity questions, and then his Kickstarter was out, and his Kickstarter exploded. Uh, and and his name's uh, name's Jordan Morris I think he goes by Mr. Morris Games he's making this game called Haiku about like this little robot and like I was like how like this guy figured it out this guy figured (laughs) out how to make a living off just making little cute video games I was like I need to like make him like my mentor even though like we started like at a relatively same level like he was just like well I figured it out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, I'm I'm with him on like a private Discord where we like shoot ideas off each other. There's like a few other like Metroidvania creators that are on there. Um, Basti, Basti making a game called Lone Fungus. He's got he's got his Kickstarter out right now. There's another one called like Travasco that like destroyed like all their limits that they had set for Kickstarter, and like they're making their game now. So. Hopefully, I can follow in in their footsteps and and keep rocking and rolling, you know.
0: Dude, you're well on your way. Like seriously, a lot of people they pursue it and they give up pretty quick. And just the fact that you have been able to launch something on the App Store and establish a style and keep going, you've gotten a lot farther than most. I can say that for sure. And I've known a lot of designers and so-called like game designers and a lot of them, they just don't do anything anymore. So well,
1: thanks, you're definitely Anna. well on your way. Thanks. Yeah. You, you introduced me to Anna cook. I think she was one of your first guests, right?
0: Yeah. And yeah. Anna, she, Anna E. Cook.
1: I, I talked to her through Twitter, wrote now and again, but she's got me more stressed out about my game. Cause I'm like, is my game. Like, is it good for colorblind people? Is it good for this? Is it good for, like, all these accessibility things that I never thought of before? Like, man, I got to make sure, like, I do that because, like, I don't want to exclude anybody, you know?
0: So I'm curious, what other tools or processes do you use for creating game design and pixel art besides the ones you mentioned, like Unity and all that?
1: Uh, So, yeah, Unity and A Sprite are, like, my main two, like, Mm-hmm. Like buddies in the whole process. Um, Jetbrains makes an awesome IDE for Unity called uh, Jetbrains Rider. It helps out with C sharp. Um, it's free for students and it's like pretty discounted if you're like a startup or anything like that. Um, that's a great like environment to to work on code. Uh, I also use uh, an old book called um, The Animator Survival Guide. It was created by Richard Williams, which is the guy that. He, did a, he was like the animation director for, for Who Framed Roger Rabbit and all sorts of like classic animations. And he's got this nice thick, it's like a textbook and it teaches you like walk cycles, run cycles, how things should interact with the ground. And so when I do my animation, I go, okay, I know, like, I'll use Boulder Mage, for example. I know Boulder Mage is supposed to be a hard, solid rock, but as he's falling, your your eyes would see him stretch out a little bit so i stretch him out a little bit and he just looks looks so crisp and nice and cool and so all that i learned from richard Williams, which is like the god of animation you know
0: yeah i saw some of the boulder mage like him swinging a staff and the way that you yeah. were able to design that looks really cool and it looks like a proper like what you would see on super nintendo
1: yeah, and um, there's also this other guy, and I I feel awful that I don't know his name off the top of my head. I know he worked on Celeste and a few other um, video games, but he put out a bunch of these pixel art tutorials where it breaks down a lot of the stuff like in in Richard Williams' book, but it breaks it down like for pixel art. And um, I can I'll send that to you so you can put in the description because I feel bad I don't remember his name.
0: That's cool, man. We we're just Perpetually feeling bad not mentioning people's names. Don't even (laughs) worry about it. (laughs) Speaking of someone that I forgot their name, there's this uh, older gentleman who's been making RPGs since the 80s on his computer. And I think he's still using like the same type of computer or software. And uh, there's this website resource where you can get uh, Pixel pixel-based resources. And I'm sure you know Mm -hmm. what it is, like 2D-based resources. It's a really popular one. It looks like it was built in the 90s. It's like an older-looking website. And I guess he's been making a career of just making the same RPGs that he's been making since the 80s, and he still does it today. Like, he keeps launching them. That's it. Yeah, he's, he's, like, basically said, like, I'm not rich, but I'm able to pay my mortgage. It puts food on the table. And people keep buying these games, even though I haven't changed a damn thing since the 80s.
1: <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Cool. So if you could tell younger Lauren something, what would it be? Man, to figure it out. <laughs> you know? Like like I, I think I said it earlier, like you could
1: be anything, but like you still gotta pick, man. And I went so long just not picking what I wanted to do. I just I wish I I wish I was serious in school, you know, and and realized that I could be a game developer, you know, like that was a real path that I could have taken.
0: It's still a path, man. We're still young. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not
1: giving up. (laughs) I just wish I started 10 years ago. Yeah. Before the Navy destroyed my body.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think we all wish that in a way. Like I, I, yeah. I wish the same thing and I, I can't use ADHD as an excuse, even though I use it all the time, but I feel very much the same way. I've been a Jack of all trades, quote unquote, almost my entire life. And I kind of wish I picked a focus or a niche. And I feel like I would have been a better either designer or developer today if I, if I just picked. Yeah. But I think yeah, that's I what mean- makes us interesting you know
1: yeah as long as we don't stop i think is the key you know
0: you basically have a founder's mindset like the fact that you kind of have a jack-of-all-trades and you're curious like Mm -hmm. you find things that you enjoy doing and you're curious about it and you're you pursue it yeah that won't necessarily make you a master of one thing but a lot of founders like company founders or inventors um they weren't focalized either. They were scatterbrained and they were just curious. And the nature of them being curious is what made them successful.
1: Right on. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good, like way to think about, think about having the problem of of not being able to focus on one thing.
0: So don't feel bad, man. Like (laughs) you have a founder's mindset. And um, I think, like Einstein had the same same mentality. A couple other people had the same mentality. Um, so yeah, dude. Like that's definitely you can make it a superpower if you want to. <laughs>
1: I'm open. I'm open.
0: Yeah. So cool, man. Uh, so how can people get a hold of you?
1: Uh, so the easiest, like the most active, uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm at bath thief. B a t h t h i e f. Uh, my logo is like a dog with a bandana on. Um, I've also got a YouTube channel uh, called LD Moon Studio. I've got another Twitter that's LD Moon Studio that's just gonna be like announcements. So if you just want to see the next time I have a video out or whatever, and uh, I've got a Kofi or a coffee, however you pronounce that, that's also LD Moon Studio. And yeah, I'm I'm pretty friendly. I love giving people tips and and if anyone asks for help i'm i'm i love talking to people so yeah hit me up
0: and i'm just because i've known you since childhood you are probably one of the friendliest person uh persons i've ever met in my entire life so that's uh (laughs) it definitely means a lot
1: thanks man thanks man i try (laughs) i try
0: i try to be as like you
1: know I know what it is. I, I think I'm like this because I have, I've got crazy like social anxiety. So I know if someone comes to me and they ask for help, I know what I would want, which is all of the help. So, like, that's who I am. So,
0: yeah, you have empathy. Uh, um, you a have lot of people problem. don't have that trait. Thanks again for talking with me today. And uh, it was good talking with you. And uh, I might catch you in another episode. I don't know. Uh, I definitely like to invite you back.
1: Right on, man. Thanks for having me on. I'll I'll, I'll be on anytime you want.
0: Cool, man. See ya.
1: Bye-bye.